Welcome to Ascension Cast. Here you will find a space where the focus will be on what is real and what is true. We are going to discuss expansion of consciousness and the mind-body connection from the scientific point of view, personal experience, through humor, from the point of ascension practice as taught by the Ishayas, and from the most important point, the underlying source of everything, the unified field, God, the ascendant, it matters not what you call it, direct experience of true reality is what changes your life. So, let's get into it. Hello and welcome everybody. It's Nataraja here as usual. Today, this episode will be all about healing and specifically physical healing and uh, spiritual practice or ascension and how those two go together. Many times we might have expectations that are not met and, and there's a lot of disappointment in that. And many people come to spiritual practice because they want to have that uh, physical healing take place. And so we're going to talk about that and, and issues around it. Um, there's going to be Jyoti and Nandishwara, both teachers of Ascension, talking with me today. We're going to have a three-way three conversation about this interesting subject that I've run into as of late, uh, talking to uh, a, a few different people, actually. So join us for this conversation and let's see where it takes us. Okay, so I have uh, Nandishvara and Jyoti here with me today, and we are going to talk about the subject of healing. And in particular, um, it may be that you know you might have had your experiences with with healing or or not being being healed in the way that you hope, even while doing spiritual practices and. And there's different things that come along with that and expectations that people may have. And, and we three are going to talk about some of that and re reflect on, on some of the experiences that we've had along the way on the physical healing and um, spiritual practice and how they work together. So um, welcome, Jyoti and Nandiswara. Nice to have you here today. Thank you. Good to be here, Nataraja. Thank you. It's great to be here. Well, I think the topic is just excellent right now and probably has been for many, many years because of many of my own experiences I've had. And uh, looking back at my own life, uh, so much of it was identified, of course, with uh, my body, who I felt I was or am at that particular time. And so when I came across uh, meditation and even came across the, the art of ascension here and was heard about how uh, these practices can, can heal you, you know, I was looking for that physical healing um, and forgetting about the fact that <laughs> in reality, I'm not my body. I just had so identified with it. And, um, even now, with some of the things that I'm going through, I have to remind myself that this is not who I am. And so it, it goes back to whatever we put our attention on grows. 
And so thank God for something like the practice that I have with ascension that if these other thoughts come up and I'm uh, concerned or upset or frustrated about the fact that the physical healing I'm looking for isn't happening, well, there is something greater that I can in a moment realize a greater peace and a, and, and a healing from um, my expectation, but changing that to more of the reality of what and who I am. But what what would you say? What would you say if somebody starts a spiritual practice with the idea that it will bring the the physical healing? And there may be teachers that more or less promise that that would happen, and then even even with a lot of effort it doesn't really go that way or it doesn't manifest. What would you tell, you know, that kind of person that is quite invested in that physical healing? Well, the first thing I would uh, look at is what is healing. And uh, when we look at that word healing, it really is about being whole. And that is the important thing, I think, to remember is what is wholeness. And that is the uh, just as Nandeshwara was saying, we are so much more than our physical body. And to actually, there's so much more we can actually realize and we can actually experience in this life, in this body, using this body correctly, if we are whole. And I think that's really the big question that's underlying everything. And then going back again to what Nandeshwara was saying, our expectations, we may not be in touch with why did we come into this body? What is the purpose of this particular life that we are now living and that we are identified with because we're so much more than this little piece of it, but that's what we happen to be identified with in this particular moment. And when we look at that, that is what is all important, I think. What is, what is it that, because we may not be in touch with that and we may not know. I the one of the things that comes to mind is this, um, when I used to teach this practice in prison, I would ask each of the women who were learning, what is it, if you could have only one thing and there were no boundaries, what would you want? And this one particular woman said, I want my family back. I'm not experienced, that's not, they don't want anything to do with me since I've been in prison. And after she learned this practice, she was doing it beautifully, wonderfully, she got sick. And I was like, this is odd. This is so odd. And she just kept getting sicker and sicker to the point that um, they had to haul her off to prison, or, I mean, to the hospital from the prison, which they don't like to do, and found, come to find out, she had this terrible disease that the only cure for it was to get a new transplant of uh, the marrow. And so lo and behold, they had to go and test every one of her family. And when they tested all of her family, uh, <laughs> and this process took several months because in the prison, it's very slow. And she kept getting sicker and sicker until her entire family was tested and they had come in to meet her and they found a new person. And at the end of this, the disease went away completely. And if we were to look at what is it that that woman wanted the whole time she wanted her family back. 
And that is what she ended up when she achieved. And after she achieved that, her illness went away. We have no idea what, what can transpire in order for, to bring what it is that we desire in our life. And when we get in touch with something that we desire, or when we know that we've committed to something in this lifetime, anything could happen. Right. That, that actually reminds me of just reading um, about a study that was, I think it was done about the people that um, have cancer and, and especially the people that heal from cancer and with, you know, something that the doctors have no idea how that occurred or what, you know, it's just a, just a spontaneous healing from the cancer. And in most of those cases, it was some kind of inner shift or shift in the attitude or in their life perspective or, you know, something, something like that happened and it, it changed the physical, uh, you know, the, the health of their physical body. But then, you know, it, it seems, seems that if you try to force something like that to happen, if you, if you try to make it happen, even with the kind of spiritual practice, the body isn't necessarily responding very well, you know, to that. Um, so I, I find that uh, there, there may be people that, you know, um, when they're in a situation that they, they have a serious illness and they're looking for the cure, they're almost willing to do anything to find the cure. But then, you know, are, are you willing to surrender to what, what is there right in that moment, in that, you know, illness and in that experience that you're having. And maybe that, that may be something that is very challenging to do. And, and that's where, you know, we don't really meet that situation um, where it is, where it's just trying to change it and push it away and, you know, make it into something different and, and, and the body and also the mind, you know, refuses t uh, to do anything under force or when, when we're pushing the change to happen. But having witnessed uh, my people close to me, you know, going through cancer and, and things, it's, it's definitely one thing to talk about these things in theory when it's just, you know, we're talking, you know, what if and, and this happened to somebody else. But when it hits you or, or myself, then obviously it's a, it's a very different kind of situation. And I know that both of both of you have had uh, and are having your experiences with um, with the physical issues and and how you've had to personally face them, you know, and and also your practice of um, ascending and how those work together. It would be kind of interesting to hear what perspectives you found in in that experience you're having. Well. It is a matter really again is what I mentioned earlier is what we put our awareness on or our focus on is going to expand. So if we continue to, you know, look at the fact that we're having a problem, that it's a problem, then we're continuing to create and exacerbate it. We're making it real. And of course, from a three-dimensional standpoint, from a, in a world of duality, it's, it's very real at that particular time. But I, I go back to when I um, first started in the teacher training, and something hit me at that time, and it's a good thing for me to, re to, to remind myself on a regular basis, and then I bring this up even when I am teaching, 
And that's the healing that's taking place is our relationship with the body. It's our relationship with our individual life, first of all, then it's also our relationship with our physical body and the world that we see outside of us. Because each of us have, based upon our upbringing and all our thoughts and our beliefs and all that, we have a perception of what the world is like. And because of that perception, that's what we actually see and experience. Well, by having a, a tool or a practice like this, what we can do then is change the mind, change the thoughts, you know, and then our perception will change, which will then change our relationship with the outside again, even. And it's, it, it's, it's really simple the way it works, but what it comes down to is a commitment to actually do something on a regular, consistent basis. And unless we have a, some kind of a, of, a, of, a, of a practice, we're going to find it's very, very difficult to do because of the familiar patterns, the, the ones that you know, underlie the surface level of the mind, continue to come up and, and will distract us and camouflage us and actually prevent us from experiencing that, that you know, the inner peace is really what we're looking for. I would like to say it's really what we're looking for is our divine self. Amen. And it's, so it's not only the healing of our relationship with the world and with all of that out there, but it's our relationship with the divine self. Or we call that in our practice, we call that the ascendant because it has no previous connotations and it allows us to experience that more innocently. Um, we have lots of beliefs about that. We've been taught all kinds of things about that, but it's not important what we've been taught about it. What is important if we let go of that is to have our own experience of that and to realize what it truly is. And when we have that, that and we're able to kind of, shall we say, shift our perspective back into kind of like if I were to look at waterfalls, there's a, we can have the experience of being under the waterfall, which is what most of most people experience is being in the world is being in that waterfall. We could step back from the waterfall into the divine self and then experience that waterfall outside of ourself, if we will, which is really what's the truth of the whole matter. And so when we have a, a practice such as, ascension, uh, the art of ascension, we have that ability to move back and observe then what's really going on within ourselves and within the world and have a more accurate um, experience rather than this experience of our whole belief system that we normally experience in our life. If, if we will, mm -hmm. um, I was like, I was reading in psychology today not so long ago about the person who said, I just experienced that I'm, I'm experiencing a box around my head and everything that I witness is my old, my belief system and what I think about life and my judgments. And that's what everybody else is experiencing. And as long as I don't have a practice, that's how we experience our life. We aren't really experiencing the truth of life. We're experiencing our beliefs and our judgments that are being projected out into our world. So, so in a way, when we're talking about expanding consciousness, what, what you're saying is that when um, our awareness is locked into the uh, 
just what we have in our physical body and in, through our senses and we don't have anything else, then if, if there's a physical pain or a problem, it is, you know, that is all that we have. It's all the experience that we have. And uh, when, when we start with the, with the practice of expanding consciousness, then we would be, if we're stepping out of that waterfall, we're actually uh, starting to experience uh, what's beyond the physical body and what's more subtle than the physical body. And then suddenly the, the pain and the physical manifestation of whatever's happening isn't the only thing that we have. And maybe in the beginning it's not a, b a big change, but as you, as you keep fo focusing on, on, on that um, consciousness and, and expanding that, um, then you know there's more and more that you can fall back back upon and yet it may still be that you know the physical healing it could happen but it also can be that it doesn't happen but you could still be very expanded in your consciousness and you could have a lot of um, praise and gratitude and love in your life you know even regardless of that and I, I've I've witnessed that in quite quite many people in my life actually uh, in, in teachers of ascension and also in in other people where um, the drama and the, the stress in a way is useful because it pushes that person into a place where they are actually kind of propelled to experience much deeper parts of themselves than they would otherwise so there is uh, rhyme and reason to it but it all depends on whether the individual connects with that, you know, if they don't make that connection in their own self, um, you know, for what person that the pain may be there, then it doesn't really help even if somebody else says that, you know, it's like this, <laughs> you know, there's just more like, you know, damn you, you're telling me that it doesn't matter and blah, 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 and, you know, exactly. and so it's, uh, I see that and I've, I've had discussions lately you know around this very subject and it, it was um, it's been challenging me in a way that I've looked at it and been like well you know uh, I have my own experience but then you know somebody who's who has a very severe chronic illness um, I, I don't have that experience it's not something that I would personally be able to talk about um, so it's it's more about this um, things that we're talking about right now that has to do with uh, practice um, and expansion of consciousness, you know, and, and those ideas maybe just reminding that person that, you know, there is, there is a different way and more expanded way to experience life. And that's the, the key to shift out of being so immersed in the, the pain or the whatever the, the issue may be in the physical body. Well, when we're talking, I, I keep thinking about, you know, Stephen Hawkins, who just died here recently, <clears throat> a year or so ago. But there was a young man, you know, who was very active in his life. He was a genius to begin with, but uh, he was also a very active young man. And then at a particular point in his life, when he, uh, after he was even married, he started getting this incredible disease, which in reality turned him into a virtually, from a physical standpoint, nothing but a shell anymore. And he was uh, subjected to have to be in a, in a wheelchair and speak through some kind of a, a system that was connected with his, I don't know, with his throat where it wasn't even his own voice coming out. But yet it was still him so involved and, and, and so present and 
having so accepted what was what had happened to him that he was able to be a, a tremendous help and benefit to humanity. And that's basically because he stopped identifying with his body and was using his mind. And the mind, our mind, we always have a choice as to what we want to think and what we want to put our attention and our focus on. And uh, we fall short many times because we're so caught in the outer world, uh, the identity with who we think we are from a physical standpoint and the world outside of us and looking at problems rather than looking at the solution to all problems, which is going to something beyond them, something greater. Uh, which brings us really back to the very purpose of our life. What, what is our goal here? What are we all here for to begin with anyway? Is it to, you know, end up with this incredible body at age 93, like I saw on Ted the other day, where the guy has got pretty good-looking <laughs> muscles yet, and he was just so proud of showing that off. Well, I can relate to that guy. <laughs> Except now, not so much. But, you know, oh, man, put all your effort into looking good, even at that age, you know. Where that's, it, 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 sure, it's cool. It's nice and everything. But is that was that his purpose here? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe maybe we, we think it is. I think we're all kind of uh, blindsided or distracted by what we're really here for. And the interesting thing of that story, you know, as far as we don't know, that guy could be completely enlightened as well because he may be using that to move within himself and experience more of life and realize that none of the belief systems that we have incorporated into our lifestyle actually are really accurate, that it's really what, what is it that we came for. And he could be fully expanded within himself and realizing he wants to move beyond any boundary in his life. We, that's mm -hmm. the interesting thing is we can use this outer life, but the important thing is what's really going on with our awareness. What are we really, um, are we moving inward and are we experiencing more of that truth within us? And, and, yeah. it, and we've said it already, but it's what do you focus on? What we focus on is what grows and I have had um, an experience of tremendous amount of pain in my life. And in the beginning, it was in the, my early um, ideas about it where, you know, that meant I was being punished by God, if you will, every time I was experiencing pain that, oh, this means that God doesn't love me. This means that I did something wrong. I did something bad. That's why I'm having this pain. But as I began a practice and began to experience more of the unconditional love that really resides within, that is the truth of who that divine aspect is, I began to have a realization that it's what I'm putting my attention on that grows. And I began to use that pain. And when I noticed that my attention was on the pain, oh, I don't have to be doing that. I have a practice. And I could use my practice to turn it around. And with the practice of the art of ascension, these techniques is it turns the mind around so that we're no longer working on the outside, but moving inward and experiencing more and more of that divine aspect. And I could just use that with my eyes open wherever I was or whatever. And after I moved through this experience and realized that um, 
it's actually our mind that does so much of this whole process. And there's a guy in Canada who's actually proven that so much of chronic pain is actually generated by the mind. What we're putting our attention on grows. And as I put my attention on the pain, the pain continued to grow, continued to grow. And I remember going to many physical therapists and, and different people and they said, it doesn't make any sense why you're having pain. We can't find any physical reason for the pain. That's true with a lot of chronic pain. They can't find the reason for the chronic pain or they make up, often we assign a reason why. Oh, it's because you have compressed discs. Oh, but many people with compressed discs don't have pain. So they've assigned a reason that you have the pain. And then we walk around with this idea, oh, I have pain because. And then we just continue to focus when the pain comes up. I continue to put my attention on the pain and it continues to grow. Because mm -hmm. just as we know with those um, receptor sites, anything that we're putting our attention on, more and more receptor sites get built that want, they need to be fed. They want more and more of that. So we keep putting our attention on the pain so that we get more receptor sites. And it just keeps building upon itself. And that's the beauty of the practice, again, of Ascension, that we could actually build receptor sites that, and, and it builds very quickly because it's very charming to the mind and the body loves it as well, of that inner movement. And if we build more and more of that of the inner movement, that can become more our reality and we experience more of that divine. And when I don't, when the suffering went away, when I realized it doesn't mean, the pain doesn't mean that God doesn't love me. That's not what it's all about anyway. It's what I'm putting my attention on. And I can use that to keep turning every time I notice, oh, I use my practice. Mm -hmm. Well, it's, it's another aspect to that that may, it may be for some people difficult to you know, take that in. But uh, when I was working as a therapist and I was working with uh, people that had chronic pain, one thing that I witnessed was that with a lot of people, the pain wasn't only the, the fact that they had physical pain, but it had become part of their social life, their financial situation, their everything about their life was colored by the fact that they had the pain. And if the pain would have been taken away, their life, it would have had to change dramatically. And mm -hmm. uh, in some ways, you know, I could see that uh, with some people that they weren't really wanting to do that. They weren't ready for that. So even if they were saying that, you know, I, I don't want this pain, a big part of them was saying, yes, I do. I need it. And it's like an, it's like an um, addiction like anything else, like alcohol, you know, you drink alcohol and you know that it's killing you, but you keep drinking because that's what your body is used to. And it's, it's asking you to drink because it's used to that experience and pain becomes in a way a, a similar kind of thing. And, you know, I've had that discussion with some people and, and some people got really angry because they were saying that, you know, you crazy you crazy, you think I wouldn't want to get rid of this pain, you know, I want to get rid of it right now. But, you know, the truth was that there, there were so many things tied into it that it wasn't quite that simple. I, I would add on to that. I've seen the same thing even in the social setting where someone was having an illness and um, they would get better, but then they would 
start to get worse because more people would come over and more people would come, you know, whether it was to bring them hot dishes or whether it was to bring them, you know, Reiki healings or whatever it was. And they were getting so much out of it. Um, and I was like, I don't think this person's going to get well because they're just really loving this whole other aspect of it. And they don't see it at all. And there was no opening, um, you know, as I would even want to tell her what was going on underneath, there was no opening there at all to talk to her about it. Yeah, so it boils down to really is, is that uh, just like most of humanity, we're not living in the present moment. You know, we're taking all these ideas and all these thoughts and all of this opinions and false beliefs and lies and some truths, you know, what we heard as we were growing up and we continue to make those so real. But if we can actually quiet the mind a bit, go in within, inside and say, what do I really want? What do I really desire? What, you know, beyond the, the physical things that are out there, because the physical things that are out there, like the new car, the relationship, the house, whatever else it may be, you know, we're doing that for a purpose. And the primary purpose is just so we can realize some happiness more than likely that's what it's about. Well, why not focus on that instead? Put your awareness there. And uh, what I find out even from my own experiences is as I do that, and the techniques and attitudes help me to do that because even with my eyes open, boom, they create a gap in all these other thoughts that start to take place. So I can say, wait a minute, I don't want to. I know when I, when I think that way, I know the road that takes me down. I've been down that road before. I've been down that road so many times, it's familiar. And at a point right now, I just don't want to do it. I want to do something else. And that's that. And it's not so much of saying, I don't want to do it anymore. It's like, all right, what can I do? What do I really want to do? And focus on that and make that a goal instead. And like, it works. <laughs> it, it absolutely works, you know. Yeah, change your mind and your experience of life will change. I, I was just uh, remembering the uh, MSI's writing in the Ascension book where he talks about how soul at the soul level, the soul is willing to do anything to, you know, for expanding consciousness, whether it's debilitating illness or, you know, losing your family or your money or work or you know, anything that can bring you to a point where you can have the maximum growth and, and realization and, and move toward self-realization, that soul is willing to do that. And if we're disconnected from that level, then, you know, we will feel victims to a lot of things that happen in our life. But if we have that soul connection, or even if we're open to that in our hearts and, and you know, turn inward, then, you know, there's a possibility that we find those more subtle levels. And, and when the subtle speaks to us, we also find the strength to face those challenges and, you know, even accept the fact that there is a, a day that I'm going to die, you know, just accepting that, that that's also there in, in my life, that's going to happen. And uh, just uh, accepting life as it is and, and making um, the effort to find the connection to what is the purpose of being being here. You know, why why would we be here? What can we bring into this life, and how can we help others, and how can we 
help ourselves to to move forward i think those questions probably will help to bring the person more into a place where there is a possibility of true healing like we're talking about we're not like when we're talking about this obviously we're not too concerned about the physical healing because in our practice of ascension we've already come to a point where it's more apparent that it's that's not the point you know so but of course at the same time i have to say that you know somebody who is listening to this may not be at that point and it may be a totally different experience for many people and you know they are very invested maybe in in the physical body and how things happen and and that is okay too you know there is so many different ways to experience life at different levels of consciousness and you know um, so you just really have to be where you're at you know it you can't be where somebody else is at you just gotta be where you're at and that's gonna be the, the biggest help in in you know being present like Nandisvara you were saying that most people aren't really present in their lives because they're maybe projecting that they would have to be somewhere else you know or they would have to be healed before they're willing to experience life or something like that and a part of that Nanaraja you said the word that you kind of move through it very quickly that word acceptance and mm-hmm. that is so powerful because in order to become present, or when we try to become present in our life, we might realize I'm having some feelings here. I just wanted to bring up the point that this is not a practice of positive thinking versus negative thinking, because that is what a lot of people think that it is, that if I just um, try to, to muster up these positive feelings, and if I just refuse to look at those negative things and move everything to my happy spot or if I'm just focusing on creating what I want in my life everything's going to be beautiful but there's also that step in between that yes I agree look at what it is that you want in your life and start moving toward it but on the way you're going to start realizing that you've got some other stuff lying around in the closet and it's time to open up the closet and allow ourselves to experience that briefly i'm not saying dwell on it i'm not saying work on it but realize that that's what's going on and that that is they're not true we don't have to believe them they're not true and allow them so that they can move Mm. and then we can move on and then life will unfold in perfection when we do that but as long as we're keeping that closet closed we're not going to really be moving on very quickly. We're just going to keep that closet closed. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I think we're coming to um, the end here, but I would, I would like us to kind of wrap this up and maybe summarize a little bit of, we've been talking about a number of, of different things, but if, if the point is um, how, how to bring the spiritual practice and the physical healing together, how to relate them in a way that it would be, you know, that it would work for you. You know, is there something that we can kind of crystallize this, this into for the, for this end, end part here? Well, I would say looking back at what, who am I really? Who am I in this lifetime? I might identify with my body, but who am I really? And maybe looking at some of those questions, who am I? What am I here for? 
as we begin to look at those questions, we'll begin to realize there is a desire deep down within to realize those things. And then we can move, make choices. Making a choice, making a commitment to those choices is very powerful in your life because so much can transpire from those choices in our life. And we don't have to keep thinking about, oh, I'm a bad person because I'm having this problem or whatever, but start making some choices to move forward. And I have to go back to even the ultimate desire that each one of us have. We, uh, the whole idea about this practice or other practices, even the idea about meditation is to get back in touch. Like the true meaning of yoga is simply, is simply union. Well, union with what? It's oneness with our own higher self, our greater self, whatever name you want to give that, you know, it is reuniting with that and then living fully here in this lifetime, accepting the fact that we are here rather than judging it. So these things happen naturally and automatically if we have a practice that we can actually put our awareness and our attention on. Because then the more we think praise, gratitude, love, and compassion, the more we're experiencing that in our life, and our life then becomes that itself. And uh, without a solid type of a practice, it's very difficult. It's, it's in a way almost like impossible to achieve a change because we get so caught in the ruts of our thoughts until maybe something dramatic happens in our life, you know, that all of a sudden we begin to go, oh my God, this is not what I really wanted. A, 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 a terrible disease, an accident, whatever else it may be along the way, you know. Regardless of what age we're at, these things can happen. What are they really? They're wake-up calls that our own self, our own soul, our own higher self is giving us so that we can actually start to look at life differently by beginning to look inside, first of all. So, right, um, yeah. And, and maybe when you were talking, Charity, saying about that question, who am I really? And how important it is, because if you will have more of that actual direct experience of, you know, who am I, then you will also have more clarity. You, have, you will have the strength to face your life, even if it doesn't change, you know, and you will have a greater perspective. There will be more inner room to um, not just have the pain, but also have a lot of gratitude and love and and compassion for yourself and and also for others, you know, so that even though we're talking about uh, spiritual concepts, in, in reality, if we're really connecting with what the practice is at the level of personal direct experience, then there are ways to move forward, but they may not at all look like what we project or think, you know, that there's, I, I think there's a lot of good things that, you know, was brought up today in, in this conversation with both of you and I, I really appreciate both of you um, for the way that you are and, and the way that you teach and uh, thank you very much for being part of this this episode this podcast and um, I uh, <laughs> that's that's pretty much it well, thank you Narajan good being a part of this appreciate it Thank you, Nataraja. It's it's a great topic, and it's uh, I would say it was 
sort of the key point of changing my life and turning it around was looking at this whole question when I was experiencing it in my lifetime and all of the problems that I was having. And I realized that there was something more and it was time for me to go for the something more rather than looking at how could I heal myself. Um, and it changed my life. Great. That's a, that's a good um, stopping point there. So uh, we'll continue on from here and thank you very much. So that was our three-way conversation. I really hope you enjoyed it and, and you got some insights out of it. Healing itself is kind of a touchy subject because there are so many different views about it, so many different ideas about it. And people are often quite invested in those personal views and experiences they're having. Um, so words are presenting some possibilities here. And, and the one that I personally feel strongly about is that healing can just mean that you are willing to step out of your boundaries and chosen ideas, you know, accepting that perhaps, just perhaps, your illness is the result of what you have created in your inner world. And meeting that and facing that, what's inside of, you, inside of you is the healing. What happens with the body, you know, it's not really in our control, but it's in the hand hands of our greater self that knows what truly serves us in our uh, growth in consciousness. This is one possible way to look at it. So next episode will be about placebo effect. And I have with me Jyoti and we delve into the power of the mind and how placebo actually reveals it. Join us again then for now go in praise, gratitude and love. Bye. Visit theartofascension.live. You will find online live introductions to the time-honored practice of the Shayas. Also visit the Shaya Foundation website at theshayafoundation.org. This practice of ascension is for all people, no matter what background or belief system you have. It is time to connect with the truth of who you are.